Right now, we're in a very bullish market, I feel, in terms of like industrial property and commercial property around in Windsor. It's arguably as in demand with no supply as housing is in Windsor. So you pair those together. It's almost kind of like people are willing to pay whatever just to get some space. What yeah. are you doing in our local market? What have your... What are the moves that you've been making? Uh, I know you're big on pivoting mm-hmm. back and forth, right? Wherever the deals are, mm-hmm. which I love that mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, um, I don't care even about the market. I don't care about the sub market as much as I care about the numbers working, yeah. right? And then you put the two con- together and you're in yeah. a great situation. But yeah. what are you doing locally, if anything? Well, um, I guess I'll talk about my last two deals that I did. I, I actually, I haven't been that active and... Uh, the only things that I'm really active in is, uh, well, the last deal that I did, I bought a house on George. It was a double lot. Uh, it's also zoned for, uh, what's this, what's the duplex zoning? It's RD2. Zone, yeah, it's like RD2 or whatever. It's zoned for a duplex. Uh, so the, the lot is a double lot. It, the lot already has zoning for a duplex. It's got a single family home on it, and I could easily develop next door. Split the lot if I even wanted to. I could throw an ADU in the back of each one. It's on. It's got a uh, an alleyway in the back. So that was the last property that I bought. But the property alone does not cash flow. Obviously, they knew. I knew going in. They knew going in that they had an extra large lot. Obviously, any agent worth their their weight and salt would tell them like, "Hey, listen, there's some extra intrinsic value here that somebody can come in, put you know, build build some value on the lot." So. Obviously, I overpaid, so the the property doesn't cash flow. If anything, it costs me money. But at some point, I'm going to develop that property and 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 make it, uh, you know, make some significant, you know, some some, some significant gains on it. Yeah, if you get six yeah. units on there, which yeah, you, exactly. you can, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, did that law, did that bylaw pass? Where uh, did it actually go through yet? I think Which they were one? talking about the summertime where they weren't going to put any more uh, zoning restrictions and stuff like that to get three units on a on a lot. Did that go through yet? It's uh, yeah, that's that's Ontario wide. Oh, it is right now. Yeah, yeah. I thought that I, for some reason I thought we were waiting on a, it to be approved or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe the Ontario one, but I know Windsor's already at already there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. So then I and then I also have that Palisher deal that just ended up getting uh approved. Um, where uh, I could put four lofts. Above a commercial building that I bought that one from you. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. I buy that from? Yeah, I did buy it yeah. from you. Uh, so I got that finally approved. That was a fucking disaster. Just the approval process, the permitting process was crazy. Welcome um, to yeah, Windsor. Seriously. Welcome to Ontario. Welcome yeah. to Canada. Crazy. It yeah. took me a, a year and a half to get that shit approved. Insane. Yeah. Uh, in, in the in the in downtown the core, core <laughs> where they want affordable housing. Yeah. Like now, what, what's the main hiccup there? Is it lack of staff? Is it disconnect between all the different layers of bureaucracy? Like, what's the main cause? If you had to summarize it, the disconnect with uh, the disconnect between different. Uh, the levels. departments don't talk. Yeah, the different departments yeah, like, as well as the bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah, and they so, never will talk. Yeah, so one of the biggest holdups was um, the city uh, or the, uh, the, the city telling us that we need approval from the province, the province telling us we need approval from the city. Then, then we had an issue with um, the environmental because back in the 50s, there was a laundromat that was operational three or four blocks down the street. Uh, And then we couldn't get approval based off of that from either the city or the province. 
Uh, it turns out that wasn't a deal, a big deal, but somebody yeah. just now, needed now to. Now, if this was a private enterprise mm-hmm. that you're dealing with, those answers would have been found out in two weeks, yeah. max, right? Yeah. Back and forth. Okay, boom. Here's your answer. Go ahead, build yeah. or don't build. Whatever crazy, the case is. Crazy. But because of the lack <clears throat> of communication, yeah, you're you're you're. It's a year and a half just to get an answer. Yeah, and, and then, and then somebody in the, I want to say in the permit or the planning, I don't remember exactly, this is going back like, again, a year and a half, I don't remember exactly, but someone misplaced or did something with the file and simply, <laughs> yeah, seriously, I'm not even joking, and like missed a couple boxes or T's that needed to be crossed or I's that needed to be dotted, somebody missed something and it just got left by the wayside and every time we tried contacting them they just never had an answer for anything yeah and it it got delayed and just delayed and just delayed and just nobody cared and, and again if that was the private sector and you said hey you know what i'm taking my business somewhere else because yeah. your staff messed up my file and yeah. cost me x amount of money yeah his he would he'd probably be fired or for something sure. 100%. right percent in this yeah. environment there are no consequences i ended up having to pull some strings with some people that i know in those departments to get to find like where the fuck are these breadcrumbs like i need you to find the breadcrumbs and lead me to the problem and, and it then, still took and then, yeah and a it year still, and a half. yeah it still took a year and a half but those guys helped me like so oh, i'm sure so I'm these sure. contacts helped me but anyways so there's that uh that that was a, a like I said a year and a half ago. Um, the last property, like I was mentioning, was at George with the value add on the extra lot. The second last deal that I did was a golf course. Uh, that that was almost kind of uh, I know people are pro- I, I know a lot of people think like what the fuck are you doing buying a golf course right? Myself included. Yeah, exactly. But uh, at the end of the day, um, it was a very simple decision. And I'm gonna tell you why. So obviously. You know, me being in real estate, and I know that this isn't like some sort of, uh, you know, unknown around town that I know the the biggest rumors around town when I first bought that was that it was going to be a subdivision, right? That Dan's into real estate. He's knocking the golf course down. It's going to be a subdivision, which is not at all what I wanted. I wanted to, I want to operate that golf course for the foreseeable future. Do I have my eyes set on developing it one day? Potentially if it all works out, but I didn't buy that specifically only to develop, right? Mm-hmm. The main reason why I bought that golf course was because one, it's around 150 acres. I sold a farm for the same price per acre as I bought that golf course for with half a million dollars of equipment, $33,000 of building, and probably about twenty three thousand dollars. Or sorry, three thirty three thousand square, square feet of feet, building. Yeah, yeah. Thirty three thousand square feet of yeah, building. The actual building. The yeah. actual building. Um, all for around the same price per acre as I sold that farm, mm-hmm. and I'm making about twenty percent cash on cash return on that property. Like, yeah, I hope people are listening to the the process here, right? It's, you see what it's I mean? Multi layer, exactly. Yeah. Like hundred yeah. percent. So somewhere down the line, there's intrinsic value there potentially. And the reason why I say that is when people might be thinking like, oh, well, that's not, in, that's not in the next, that's not in the next uh, development area for, you know, the township of Amherstburg or McGregor, whatever the fuck doesn't matter. But the property is so big and you could put so many homes, dwellings, whatever units on that property. It doesn't matter if the infrastructure exists around it. You install your own infrastructure on that site to be able to justify putting up 400, 450 homes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. units. Whatever. There are homes around there too. Like plenty there of are homes, homes around there. there. The only problem is, is that typically the way that infrastructure is built 
is that it's built according to uh, you know demand as well as how much can it supply, mm-hmm. how much can it handle yeah, sewer capacity, sewer capacities, yeah, all the capacities that it could handle, whatever. Right now, if I were to develop that land, it wouldn't handle it, mm-hmm. right? So you that's why I'm saying you'd have to put in like your own water treatment plant. You'd have to put in, you know, who knows what, like all of the infrastructure built to uh, service that land. But if you're putting up 400, 450, you know, homes on that, like you're pushing half a billion dollar of a development. It's not going to fucking matter if you have to put in $10 million of infrastructure, it just doesn't matter. Exactly. It just it's just part, part of, of the development. Yeah. <clears throat> and number two, when I was going through all that due diligence process, I had some heavy hitters contact me that wanted that property. I had I had heavy hitters from Toronto development. Like I'm talking like some of the biggest developer developers in Toronto wanted to buy that property after I already had it locked up. I had big developers locally here that wanted to buy that property. I remember you tell you you kind of pulled the trigger on this. Around Christmas, it was. I was. Yeah. I did the deal like right around Christmas, so everybody else was sleeping. Exactly. So, so, and speaking of Phoenix, I did the exact same fucking thing with the Phoenix deal around Christmas. They're the time. best times, man. It's like, the best times because nobody wants to fucking work around Christmas. Exactly. They're in holiday mode. They're like listening. I almost go. Like I almost work harder <laughs> around Christmas. So, uh, so I had these big wigs contacting me about like, hey, sell me off the property, sell me the contract. Let's go partnership. You can run the golf course, make all the money you want, but let's just like own it half, half, and then we can develop it. Like crazy shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, you know what? These guys know something. There's there's something here that they know, and in the event they don't, and it, it say for example, this land can never be developed, I'll still make twenty percent, and I own one hundred fifty acres. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an active business, but the way that we're starting to set this business up, there's a lot of pain and and pain points in the business in the beginning. But the way that we're setting it up is very efficient now. This this golf course won't run like a typical golf course. Bloated employment, fucking dinosaur paper trails all over the place. It's going to run. We're, we're going to have the most probably technically advanced admin system of any golf course probably in the area. Easily. And because of that, we're going to be able to run it with a quarter uh, or half of the employees handling that kind of shit. And we're going to be profitable even more. So even in the event it can't be developed, I got 150 acres of real estate that's going to produce 20, 25% return, cash on cash, year over yeah. year. So, yeah. so so it always goes down to you're buying for cash flow, you're buying yeah. for ROI, you're buying for, you know, not projected cash flow, if, yeah. you know, and some mm-hmm. hypothetical 20 years from now, yeah. it's like, no, it's got to make money in the next year or two. Exactly. Also, one of the best ways to buy a business uh, I've heard and done research on is you find something that's just not run efficiently. Yeah, for sure, 100%. The technology, they're still using 1980s technology. Yeah. They don't have an email. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, brutal. They don't exactly. have everybody's email addresses, for instance. They don't yeah. have a way to keep in touch with the customers, yeah. like, et cetera, et cetera. And that, and that is one of the reasons why it was a dying business mm-hmm. is because it was so bloated in order to... Instead of instead of fixing the issues, what they did was they threw more people at it. Mm-hmm. That was the issue yeah. at the golf course, right? And, and if that's, this thing that's, was that's not the answer. Yeah, if this thing was running hyper efficiently, the price tag might have been close to double. Right? Exactly. Yeah, because the numbers would have been much higher. It makes so, no sense, right? Yeah. So, so that was the second deal that I did um, over the last year. So I've only done in Windsor two deals. Yeah, 
which is kind of crazy when you actually think of it. The, the, yeah, I think I think what you're saying, what I'm seeing there, reading between the lines, is you're not buying anything turnkey no. or minor upgrades. It's got to be significant. Yeah. Uh, you're taking on something significant. And yeah. That's yeah. We always go back to this. We touched on the reasons why. We always touch on the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Canada is tough, man. Canada is a it tough is. environment. Yeah. For real estate, yeah. there are always ways to invest. We're not stupid. We're yeah. not ruling it out. We yeah. are still active in the local market. Yeah. But like, man, the U.S. Yeah. just has, yeah, it's the land of opportunity 100%. for a reason. What would you call, if the U.S. is the land of opportunity, what would you call Landa, Canada? Um, the restricted land of opportunity. No. <laughs> Restrictive. The land of bureaucracy, maybe? Yeah, like maybe. something like that. Like it's, it's just, just, it is, but it's, it's so but different, it's, man. And because of that, it's restrictive. Yeah. yeah. It's restrictive, right? So there, in, there are a couple. There are a couple. I'll maybe touch on a couple other deals that I got going on. I got approval for a sixty thousand square foot warehouse facility on that I'm going to attach, you know, potentially to an existing uh, industrial property that I own. Right? You know what you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like where Canadian Protein currently is, but it's moving. And then I have uh, I've gotten approval for plans uh, for one of my wa- waterfront properties, and then. Uh, the other waterfront property that I actually currently live in. Uh, we just got approval for plans. So warehousing, big. Huge, like if, huge, if, huge. if I was, I, I mentioned this, if, if there was two things that I would be doing locally here, it would be number one, warehousing or like light industrial, something like that. Now uh, touch on why. What do you see? Where's the, what's the direction of the market right now? What's the direction of yeah. that space? Because because the economy's still moving, which is, which is uh, you know, I guess not exactly indicative of a recession, right? So we're still seeing employment coming into the actual, like finally with Windsor, we've got the battery plant coming. We've got, a, you know, Amazon, we've got a couple other like pretty heavy hitter employers, uh, employment coming in and uh, businesses coming into the local area. Um, so you have that. And with that comes demand for space, warehousing, industrial, whatever, right? Now, what I'm hearing is it's not just Windsor. It mm. seems to be warehousing all across Ontario, at least. Okay. I, I wouldn't know. Okay, I don't know. yeah, I just wonder if you had a beat no, on. I, I, not really. Yeah. Like, and, and I, and I, for me, um, I would be more inclined to buy housing uh, outside of Windsor in Ontario. Not so much like the warehousing. I don't know enough about the, you know, provincial warehousing. Uh, um, demand in, in what areas, like, and don't get me wrong. If somebody was like, Hey Dan, you want to buy this amazing deal on the 401 that has like, you know, a hundred thousand square foot building. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of, that's a no brainer, but, yeah. but that doesn't, that doesn't come up. Right. Like that, I'm not seeing that. Right. So what do I have? I have the ability to put up and erect a 60,000 square foot building on land that I already own. I know that the, there's a massive battery plant coming in. That's how big is that? Four million square feet. Something. Four million square Four feet. Four million. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. So I know that with all of that said, that's going to drive the local economy here uh, to some extent. And then they're going to need space for other things. And it's just going to, it's a waterfall effect, right? So I know that with space comes big cash. And one of the reasons why I like warehousing and industrial is because it's triple net leases and they're cash flowing machines. Now the only the only issue with those is or the only con for those is that you might wait 6 months to find a tenant. It's it's not it's not as easy to find tenants, but it's way easier to manage. And the cash flow is usually significantly uh higher than residential. But but it comes with its cons like I said. So sometimes it kind of balances out depending on the market. Right now we're in a very 
you know, bullish market, I feel in terms of like industrial property and commercial property around in Windsor, it's all, it's arguably as in demand with no supply as housing is in Windsor. So you pair those together. It's almost kind of like people are willing to pay whatever just to get some space. So I bet you there weren't a lot of people building, uh, manufacturing facilities and warehouses over the past 20, there, there 30 years in Windsor. There, there wasn't. And that's another and thing. In fact, too. it was probably the opposite, tearing them down, if anything. You don't have much You don't have much demand. And I sold a warehouse not too long ago, maybe like a year or so ago. And within one year, I made like $1.2 million on it. One year of ownership. One, yeah. one year. And so that if, any, if, if there's any tales to be told about warehousing space in Windsor, if I could buy a, a property... Like literally, I'm not even joking. This is what happened. I bought that building for like a million bucks. Literally, it wasn't even a year. It was 11 months. I sold it for uh, uh, 2.2 million dollars. Was there a tenant in there? Or did you do anything? It was or fucking it just... vacant too. Oh, interesting. So the tenant left. We were kind of having a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a hard time finding a tenant, but the building was actually fucking run down too. It wasn't like the nicest building, but it was on it was on Highway 42. And uh, what we ended up seeing was a lot of, there was a lot of need for warehousing that people, um, again, we only had it up for rent for maybe like a month or two, right? So this is what I'm saying, right? It might take you six months to rent the property, right? Because, you know, a lot of businesses have specific needs, right? So if a, if a building doesn't fit, fit a build, uh, if a building doesn't fit a business's specific need, you might run into a situation where, if that building isn't like very generic and can easily be built out for those needs, it might sit for a bit, right? Wait for the right buyer. Exactly. Or the right tenant, right? So we kept on getting requests to buy the building, buy the building, buy the building, buy the building. So at one point I was just like, fuck it, sell it. And (laughs) who bought it? uh, Or what business? It's like a steel, a steel fab place, steel manufacturer. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. So um, who, who is also like really big out in Leamington. They have like three other, areas or uh, uh plants right so so that was kind of a tale of uh you know hey we, we need space in the city and you even contacted me for space like smaller industrial right so w- the plan is if i put up that sixty thousand square feet i'll probably break it up into 10 six thousand square foot units mm-hmm. just like my other building that i have right the other building that it has uh, is uh 11 4, square foot units so that's what i would do um the build-out cost per unit isn't much more than if you were to do like a complete one building, but you but you can increase the rent based off of the smaller units, like mm-hmm. significantly higher, right? So um, that would be the plan. And then obviously with the waterfront, I mean, you want to talk about real estate being in, in high demand because there's simply like not enough supply. Water Waterfront is even less supply, higher demand with typically people with really deep pockets willing to kind of spend whatever the fuck they they want to spend to get on the water so that's why i'm bullish especially bullish about water uh warehousing space um and then also like some sort of intrinsic value uh getting into smaller developments around town where you know maybe a house sits on a double lot that you can sever pop up an adu or pop up a duplex next door and throw another adu in the back of each uh, on each lot Mm -hmm. those are the things that i'd be going after in the city 